Who wants to be a superhero? Ryan Keen's for dead. And as the superhero known as Spearhawk, he has, by all accounts, led a charmed life. Ryan has become one of the most preeminent heroes of the Cape's Corps, earning him the admiration of friend and foe alike. However, what the public doesn't know is that Ryan, like every other superhero and villain, or heel as they're known in the business, all work for the same secret organization known only as the Board. Secretly, the Board pits heroes and heels against each other in public bouts known as capers, in which spectacle and popularity rules the day. With a nearly flawless win record, Ryan has become one of the most successful and popular heroes to date. However, the traumatic events of Hopper Station left him questioning everything he knows about his life as a fake hero. Now looking for answers to questions he never thought to ask before, Ryan finds himself in uncertain territory as he sets to find his missing friends Clan and Waterfall, the latter of which is taken into custody against their will by the Board of Inquiry. To make matters more complicated, Ryan also has to unpack his romantic feelings to his close friend Sleek, whose recent act of violence left them both shocked and appalled. Ryan knows that his new course of action is perilous. He has to be careful not to draw the attention of the Board with his questions. For this is a dangerous world for those who don't play their part in this theater of heels. Support me on Patreon! Previously on Theater of Heels, weeks after the disastrous battle of Hopper Station, Ryan Kingsford, alias Spearhawk, decided to check on his missing friends Nima and Takashi Kamiyama, the villains known as Waterfall and Clan. What he and his little sister April found was only their empty home. While investigating, the pair encountered the Kamiyami's neighbor, Mrs. Peterson, the wife of Razorbite, another heel who mysteriously went missing after Ryan battled him six months earlier. Sensing that she knew more than she was revealing, Ryan pressed Mrs. Peterson for more information. However, the terrified Mrs. Peterson fled the scene, leaving Ryan with more questions than answers. And now, I present you with our story. Part 5. Searching for Friends Chapter 23. Reflecting on Fear I'm telling you, Harry, she looked scared out of her mind. Harry picked a morsel of beef out of his takeout box and shrugged. Right, you're a big strange man who suddenly opened the door of her neighbor's house, right in front of her. Of course she was spooked. I would be too. And that bears a mind that I can kick your tail from one end of the block to the next. Ryan rolled his eyes. You wish, athlete's foot. Harry chomped down on another bite. Wishes for genies, my man. I'm just laying down some reality. You two play nice or no ice cream. Ryan and Harry glanced over at April, who lounged upside down on Ryan's couch with her legs resting on the back and her head dangling over the seat. She was playing a handheld game. Sorry, Squirt, said Harry. I was just joking. I wasn't kidding about the ice cream, said April. It's all mine. Harry chuckled, and aura rippled over him, and he disappeared in a blur. April screamed as he ruffled her hair at hyperspeed. Hey, she giggled. Cut that out. Harry appeared in his place next to Ryan at the kitchen island. Harry said, You can't have all the ice cream, Squirt. You'll freeze that big, beautiful brain of yours. April glared at Harry as her hair drifted down from the sudden gust. Darn it, Uncle Harry. I'm going to have to brush my hair out before it gets all knotted. Oops. Sorry, kiddo. Do you want my help? Ryan offered. April shook her head vehemently. Nuh-uh. No way. Last time you helped, you almost ripped out my ponytail. Ryan scowled. 
It wasn't that bad. April spared him a withering glare before she turned and headed for her room. Harry snorted as he watched her go. Man, if Lutz could kill, he'd be dead 20 times over, interjected Ryan. Psst. Harry stopped. At least 50. Probably 100 times, Ryan said thoughtfully. I've seen your fan mail. Now that's just hurtful. Ryan chuckled and glanced around the room. They were hanging out in the kitchen and living room area of his five-bedroom condo. Just outside was a high-rise balcony overlooking the city and the nearby nature reserve. Ryan's eyes fixed on the large picture that dominated one of the living room walls. In it was a slightly younger version of himself, and April being hugged by a couple that looked like a much older version of him and his sister. Noting his stare, Harry placed a hand on his shoulder. You miss them, don't you, buddy? Ryan nodded. Yeah, more and more each day. You know that next weekend it will be two years since they... He shook his head, wiping the corner of his eye. Enough of that. Let's talk about something else. Harry looked at his friend with open concern. Are you sure? We can talk about it if you want. Ryan waved his hand. No, it's cool. April will be out in the next few minutes, and I don't want to take the lid off that particular box right this second. Harry shrugged. Okay, you're sure. If you need to talk, I'm here to... Ryan cut him off. I know. Thank you, but let's not. Harry held up his hand to surrender. Okay. Ryan said, Tell me again, did you really see Monica crack up live? Harry nodded. Honest and truly, it was the wildest thing I've seen in a while. It's even crazier after they cut off the live feed. Like most of the local community, Ryan had seen Monica Beach's outburst on the Hero Report all over the internet. She proclaimed some pretty damning things, especially about Sleek before the program cut off to a Please Stand By logo. For him and the rest of the world, that was the end of the speculation. However, Harry, Erica Belfry, and her partner Jefferson Stewart were standing in the corner on the other side of the glass wall of the studio and witnessed the entire event go down live. So, what exactly happened? asked Ryan. Harry then went into a detailed explanation. By the end of his account, Ryan gaped at him. She hit him with a chair? Right? Harry explained. And she bolted out of there like a rabbit in a fox's den. It was crazy. Ryan leaned forward. What happened next? Harry shook his head. Well, she disappeared behind a door in the studio, and I didn't see hide nor hair of her after that. Thinking of his last encounter with the psychic board members, Ryan sat back as he replayed the memory of the businessman regarding his watch dismissively. Now... I have a timetable to upkeep. You should go somewhere else. Your presence here is bad for publicity. Ryan shook his head. Wow, that's something. Harry nodded. No, right? In his head, he thought, how'd you get out of there and the businessman let you remember it? Ryan then asked aloud, what did you guys do after that? Harry chuckled. I guess I have to thank Erica, I mean, Princess Crash, for that. She and Jefferson got, like, really nervous. She insisted we leave right away. But before we bolted, she took out her gauntlet and tapped on its glowing screen for several moments. Ryan frowned. What was she doing that for? That's what I asked her. 
she told me she was hacking into the nearby security cameras and altering the footage. Ryan stared at his friend. Why? Again, I asked her the same question. That's when she leaned forward very intently and whispered, Because we were never here to see this. Dude, Ryan exclaimed. I know. I tried to get her explained, but she and Jefferson just clammed up. She was holding her head like the heels do when they get close to breaching the contracts. After that, she just shook her head and bolted for the teleportation pads without another word. Ryan thought, again with their psychic contracts. What kind of clauses are they holding the heels to? He asked, what did you do after that? Harry took another gulp of restraint before shrugging. What could I do? I sure as hell didn't want the board finding me there, gawking at their bleeding member. I blurred up and ghosted out of there. Wow. Yeah, no kidding, replied Harry. He sighed. I'll tell you one thing that Erica and Monica had in common. Ryan looked at his friend. What's that? They both looked terrified at the businessman. Like the way Nima and Skullord look, Ryan thought. Harry shook his head as he plopped down on the couch. Some people are really spooked by mind readers. Ron stared at his friend for a moment. He licked his lips and asked tenderly, Do you think that's all there is to it? Harry shrugged. I don't know. Those little blighters are pretty creepy. Glancing up at his friend's expression, Harry's brow furrowed. What do you mean? I don't know, Ron said uncertainly. It's just, do you ever get the feeling that they are more than they seem? Dude. That is literally the entire mood those telepathic twerps are going for. It's just... Ryan paused. Did you just say telepathic twerps? Harry laughed. <laughs> well, yeah. That's a classic. I'm going to have to remember that one, said Ryan. I'm sure they'll love that, said Harry. So what is it about the businessmen that have you in such a tizzy? I don't know. Want to notice? They make the heels even more nervous. And they seem to have a way more intense psychic contract than us. Harry shook his head. I guess I never really thought about it. Well, Ryan began. I've had a few odd interactions of late. The heels are terrified every time one of those telepathic businessmen show up. Yeah. Eric and her partner Jefferson are really freaked out. What do you suppose that's all about? I don't know. I don't think they're the only ones. I suppose not. Harry shrugged. As I said, those creepy little buggers freak everyone out. Some more than others. So, you think Nima and Takashi are okay? Why wouldn't they be? Harry said. Ryan looked at his friend. The images of the aftermath played before his mind's eye. Not for the first time. He wondered if he should have told Harry about his interactions with Nima, Takashi, and the businessman. The past conversation revealed that Harry believed that the explosion was all made up. He thought the board had worked their effects magic to make the story sound more intense than it actually was. On the one hand, Ryan supposed it was good that Harry didn't buy into the propaganda that Nima caused the explosion, but on the other, if he knew the truth about Sleek's involvement, Ryan, who witnessed that particular act, was still unpacking his feelings on the event, and he liked Sleek. Harry did not. He didn't know why he didn't confide the truth to his friend. Ryan supposed that he instinctually kept that. Ryan supposed that he can. Ryan supposed he. Ryan supposed that he instinctually kept the information close to his chest, because a not so quiet part of him believed that this knowledge was dangerous.
Ryan didn't want to put Otaria on his friend's back. Privy to none of these thoughts, Harry continued. After the fight we had, those two probably treated themselves to some time at the restoration tanks at the Claire's Reprieve Day Spa. He shook his head and touched his jaw. I know I did. He chuckled. <laughs> After that, I bet you anything Takashi took Nima and their kids somewhere fun and tropical. Those two deserve some time to lay under the sun somewhere beautiful and sip on drinks with umbrellas in them. You're probably right, I said without conviction. Of course I am. Harry threw an arm over his shoulder. Don't sound so down, bud. Everything's awesome right now. Is it? Absolutely, Harry declared. Look at me. I get to have a caper with Princess Crash. And her partner, Weatherman. Ryan pointed out, smiling. Harry's expression soured. Well, that part isn't quite so awesome. He brightened. Although I am looking forward to flattening that creep. That's the spirit. Although... Ryan glanced over at the book of Shakespeare's sonnets on the shelf. You better not let April hear you say that. Harry rolled his eyes. I'll make it look like an accident. Attaboy, said Ryan. Anyways, Harry continued. After I finished impressing Princess Crash with all my superheroic ways, Erica said we could finally go out on a date. Ryan frowned. Finally go out on a date? Don't get me started. Harry said, rolling his eyes. It was obvious that we were clicking when we had our meeting. I was going to take her out right then and there, but Mr. Hurricane Blowhard stepped in and said no. He said no? Yeah, explained Harry. And she went with it. Ryan asked, Dude, are you sure she's even worth it? Harry shrugged. I think so. She's cute, smart, and funny. I don't know, man. I like her. He sighed. And I think Mr. Shakespeare might have a point. Really? Yeah, what they said seems true. Since our meeting, we texted back and forth here and there. If one I could tell, that girl keeps some long, weird hours. Woman, we're texting back and forth all rapid fire-like. Then she'll disappear for like three or four days. And get back to me at four in the morning, saying she lost track of time because she's overhauling some machine or something. Ryan stared. Are you serious? Harry nodded. Apparently, she has to put a ton of time and work into her capers. As she puts it, her tech won't build itself. Although she did have an idea about an automated robot construction machine or whatever. He shook his head, chuckling. <laughs> Honestly, didn't understand half of what she was saying. I had to look up several terms she used online. Still, it's cute how excited she gets when she's talking about her engineering interest. She did allude that I might be in one hell of a fight when we meet. Ryan said, Uh-oh. Do you think you're ready? Who knows? She and Winbad... <laughs> Who knows? She and Winbad certainly take it seriously enough. From what I could tell, they seem to be almost afraid to lose. Huh. Ryan looked at his friend. You think they're afraid of losing? Seems like it. Harry shrugged. Honestly, that's not all that uncommon. I can't tell you how many heels I had capers with that seemed to take their bouts way too seriously. I can't imagine how much pressure that must be to be a heel. Not only do you have to be the bad guy, but they have to somehow be popular enough to get more capers. It's not the easiest of feats considering how many of us are out there vying for attention. Their capers with us are usually their big breaks. Most of the heels who lose to me almost immediately fall into obscurity. 
He shook his head. It's sad, really. Some of those heels are exceptionally talented. They deserve a second chance. As Brian listened to his friend, something on the edge of his mind tickled at his thoughts. For some reason, he kept thinking about his interaction with Skull or Chaos. His brutal fight with Razorbite six months ago. How afraid Waterfall was. How enraged Clam was when he found him. And Mrs. Peterson's palpable fear. Harry? Yeah. The question struck like lightning. How many rematches have you had? Harry paused as he considered the question. Plenty, I guess. Just like you, I fought Clan, Waterfall, Man Elephant, Skull Lord, and others several times. Hell, I've even faced Weatherman a time or two. So, the only rematches you got were those you fought and lost to or got away. Harry Scott, I don't know about lost to. Ryan arched an eyebrow. Okay, okay, some of those guys pack one hell of a wallop. For a guy without quote-unquote super speed, Clan moves really, really fast. What do you ask? Ryan shrugged. I'm not sure. It feels like, I don't know, that we're missing something important? Wait a minute, Harry exclaimed. Are you saying that the heels have it even worse than I thought? It's one thing for a newcomer to drop into obscurity after one fight. Do you think that happens to experience heels too? Do you think... He looked around unconsciously before whispering. The board cancels the heels contract after a single loss? Ryan shook his head. I don't know. Maybe? Dude, that is so messed up. That's true. No wonder why they're always so uptight. If that was me, I... Ding dong! Ryan jumped as the doorbell rang. Easy jumpy, chuckled Harry. April came bounding out of her room, running for the front door. I got it! Harry hauled himself out of his chair and nudged Ryan before they followed behind her. Were you expecting someone? Ryan shook his head. Not really. April opened the door and suddenly squealed in delight. It's you! I missed you so much! Ryan and Harry froze. Sleek stepped into the room and scooped April up into her arms. April wrapped her arms around the older woman's shoulders, hugging her tight. Sleek smiled as she stared right at Ryan over his sister's shoulders. I have missed you too. Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater of Heels after these messages. On the next episode of Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heels. For the first time since the violent events of the Battle of Popper Station, Ryan comes face to face with Sleek. At this tense reunion, both Ryan and Sleek find themselves dealing with conflicting feelings of relief and betrayal. Beneath it all, they both wonder if they have deeper feelings for each other, beyond just friendship. Tune in next week for Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Chapter 24, Uncomfortable Reunions. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. 
I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.